Praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for this time that you've allowed us to be alive, to share your word, to speak your word. Everlasting Father, we are grateful. We ask that you Illuminate your word to us today and let it bring forth in the abundance in our life in the name of Jesus. Let your seed take root, let it burst forth, Father, with the harvest that is pleasing to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord, beloved. We have been speaking about abounding in Christ. We have been speaking in the last few episodes from what the scripture says that we should abound more and more, that we should please God so that we may abound more and more as we see in the book of First Thessalonians, chapter 4, verse 1, which says, Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus Christ, that as you have received of us how you ought to walk, W-A-L-K, and to please God, so ye would abound more and more. And last time we stopped at, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, our reference was 1 through verse 14, I believe, and we had read up to verse 11 or 12. I just want to pick up from that and continue. Um, you know 1 Corinthians 10, um, it talks about some of the things that do not please God. And we've already spoken about things that do please God, some things that do please God. And now we have been talking about some things that do not please God, that the Lord himself has recorded in the scriptures as admonition for us of the things he doesn't like, the same way he has stated things that he likes. He's also recorded for us the things he doesn't like. And we see in the scriptures how those that walked and pleased God, how they abounded, and how those that walked unpleasing to God, how they diminished, as it were. Again, I know some of you may not, quote-unquote, 
like what you may term quote unquote uh, non positive preaching I guess I don't want to get on, off on that today but the, the scriptures are what they are uh, God doesn't sugarcoat stuff he just says them the way they are he's not he's not trying to uh, give us one side of things he gives us the whole picture he gives us direct you know he tells us the way it is so by his grace we want to walk in that example and first corinthians 10 uh, has been speaking about some of the things that are not well pleasing to god if we pick up from verse 5 but with many of them god was not well pleased many of who many of the Old Testament church. We are the New Testament church. The Old Testament church. He was not pleased with many of them uh, for different reasons. And he spells it out. Verse 6, 1 Corinthians 10, talks about lust. Lusting after evil things. Verse 7 talks about idolatry. Verse uh, and eight talks about fornication. Um, nine talks about tempting Christ. Again, is the Old Testament church? He's referring to the Israelites of old, but he's saying they were tempting Christ. Uh, well, but Christ is in the New Testament. Yes, it's the same thing back then is the same thing now why jesus christ the same yesterday today and forever god doesn't change he hasn't changed some of us may think he has changed but he hasn't changed he's the same um, he may deal a certain way and we may think it's a change of who he is but it's not a change of who he is is a manifestation of that particular era. Now he says, First uh, Corinthians ten nine, neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Hmm. Hmm. But 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 where did this happen, beloved? Where they tempted Christ and were destroyed of serpents? This happened in the book of Numbers, Numbers twenty one. Um, I can jump in right there. Um, they were complaining. Uh, we could pick up from verse 4. And they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea. And the people were discouraged because of the journey, because of the way. And they spoke against God. Mm -hmm. Wherefore, and against Moses, wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there water, and our soul loathes this light bread. Um, God has been feeding them manna, but they loathed it. They, they hated it. They wanted some filet mignon. They wanted some, some, some fried chicken. You know, whatever you love, beloved. I'm just saying. They wanted some they wanted something other than this light bread, they said. They wanted something heavy, you know. 
and verse uh, numbers 29 verse 6 says and the lord sent fiery serpents among the people and they bit the people and much people of israel died so when first corinthians 10 verse 9 says neither tempt christ that's what he's talking about as some of them tempted and were destroyed of serpents verse 10 says neither murmur ye as some of them murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer then verse 11 wraps it up and says now all these things happen unto them for examples and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come then he says in verse 12 wherefore wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall Mm-hmm. The Israelites apparently uh, were thinking that they were standing. After all, they are the only nation in the world then as a nation, not interpersonal, as a nation. They are the only nation in the world that the Lord had revealed himself, cloud by day, fire by night, manna from heaven, God manifesting as like a burning fire on top of Mount Sinai. What other nation has had that? Uh, well, that sounds like some Christians today. You know, I'm born again. You know, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I can speak in tongues. Shabroba. Yeah. Yes. I've been baptized, praise the Lord. You know, I read my Bible, you know, I fast eight times a week. You know, all that good stuff. I'm talking about some people. I'm not talking about myself, beloved. I'm talking about some Christians. Uh, so Christ shed his blood for me. If God sent his son to die for me, he can't kick me out. I'm set. Uh-huh. First Corinthians ten twelve says, uh, "You think you are set? Uh, be careful, bro. Lest you fall." Verse thirteen. Let me not waste my time on that. Lord, help me. Verse thirteen says, "There has no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you." King James, suffer in this context simply means to allow. That's all it means, beloved. Okay? God is faithful who will not suffer you, will not allow you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you might be able to bear it. Mm -hmm. Beloved, what is he saying? Well, it's the same thing God has been saying and he hasn't changed. Okay? Titus chapter 2 verse 11 says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, Verse 12, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly loss, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this world. Grace says we can deny ungodliness. 
We can deny worldly loss. We can deny them. Uh, some of us want to accept them. <laughs> uh, some of us want because it sounds pious. It sounds religious. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I sin every day. Oh, bless his name. Uh, that's not what the Bible says. It says all have sinned. Oh, most surely all of us have sinned. Uh, beloved, show me where it says all are sinning. Present continuous. It says all have sinned. Past tense. There's no man that hasn't sinned in his life. But where does it say all are staying in sin? No, that's a contradiction, beloved. No, well, we've already spoken about that. Let's let, let, let me not let me not go back on that. But what we just read in what I just read in Titus ties in with what we read in First Corinthians ten thirteen that there is no temptation. Zero. There is no temptation. What is temptation? Temptation to sin. It's not temptation to do good. No, no, no. That's that's not what he's talking about. There is no temptation that has taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above that you are able, but will give, but will the temptation make a way to escape? If it's a temptation to do good, God will not make a way for you to escape a temptation to do good that He wants you to do. The devil can make give you a way out of the temptation to do good. So this is a temptation to sin. What is he saying? He's saying there's no temptation to sin that you have, that I have, that is not common. What does that mean? It's happened before. There's nothing new under the sun. Uh, is it a temptation to steal? Uh, it ha it, it, somebody already had it. Is it a temptation to kill? Mm-hmm. Somebody, some people don't have it. Uh, has a, some people have had it as you say, I'm sorry. Is it a temptation to lie? Mm-hmm. I raise my hand. Or is it a temptation, what, to just slap somebody on the head because you hate their guts? Mm-hmm. Is it a temptation to commit immorality fornication adultery is it a temptation to get drunk is it a you name it is it a temptation to hate is it a temptation uh to covet thy neighbor's stuff thy neighbor's lamborghini or thy neighbor's donkey or thy neighbor's wife or thy neighbor's kid all this stuff they're all manifestations of sin. The same sin just manifesting in different ways. God is saying there is no temptation that has wanted to get a hold of us. That is not common. But God is faithful and he gives you the way to deny that temptation victory over you. God is faithful to give you a way out to deny that ungodliness that wants to take a hold of you. God is faithful to give you a way out 
That's what Titus is saying. That's why God sent grace to you and to me. God's faithfulness in giving you a way out is evident in grace coming to tell us that we can deny this ungodliness. Yeah. Beloved, again, I, I hope I've not succeeded in confusing you. That's not my goal. If it's confusing, I take all the credit for the, any confusion. God is not the author of confusion. I pray the Lord will reveal what he wants to say to us, beloved. I hope you will get it. I'm getting it, but I don't know if I'm saying it right. Lord, please help me. Beloved, every temptation to sin, every one of them, the Word of God says it has happened to somebody before. Somebody has been so tempted before, Josh. So, Josh, why do you want to look at those that failed the temptation? Why don't you look at those that overcame the temptation? It's a choice I have to make. Let me say that again. There is no temptation, 1 Corinthians 10 to 10, that there is no temptation taking you but such as is common to man. Brother Josh, every temptation that tempts you every day has also tempted another man. But God, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, continuing that verse, but God is faithful. Mm-hmm. And Brother Josh, he will not allow you to be tempted above what you are able. Because if you are tempted above what you are able, you will sin and yield to that temptation. Or let me say the other way, you will yield to the temptation and sin. He says, but God is faithful, Joshua, and he will not allow you to be tempted above what you are able. Let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. Brother Josh, look. I know you can't swim. So, if there's water coming to drown you, and I know, Brother Josh, you are six feet tall. If there's water coming to drown you, I'll make sure, God is saying, that water will not go past three feet. It will not go past your waist. It will not go past your chest. Four feet. It won't get up to six feet for sure so that you can walk out of it and not drown. Ah, that's not a very good example, but I hope you get it. It says, God is faithful to make a way of escape 
out of that situation, out of that temptation. So that water won't drown you because God is watching you and it won't let it overcome you. So while the water is right there three feet and four feet, it's going to tell you, Josh, you need to start walking real fast and walk out of this thing because it wants to rise. If it gets up to five feet, six feet, you're drowning. You're done. You're taking this temptation. It's going to carry you away. But I'm faithful to make sure that water doesn't get up to your neck and drown you. That's what he's saying. Say, but he makes a way to escape. But again, it's not every person that avails themselves of that way to escape. So, Joshua, are you going to look at those that drowned in that temptation because they did not take heed to the way of escape that the faithful God is right there. God is faithful in that verse. Because they did not avail themselves of the way that the faithful God made for them to escape. Are you going to look at those people, Josh? Or you're going to look at the people that looked at, availed themselves of the way of escape that the same faithful God made for them to get out of that temptation? Beloved, I pray this is making sense. Let's look at some examples. I, I pray that will help. Joseph and Samson were both men of similar passions. We can, we can deduce that from many scriptures. Joseph and Samson were both men of similar passions. Psalm 33 Verse 13 to 15. I hope you have your Bible with you. Psalm 33 verse 13 to 15 says, The Lord looked from heaven. He beholded all the sons of men. From the place of his habitation, he looked upon all the inhabitants of the earth. Verse 15. Listen now. He fashions their hearts alike. He considered all their works. What is he saying? The Lord is in heaven looking at all the sons of men. He considers all their works because he made their hearts the same. What does that mean? We have like passions, beloved. We have similar passions. Let, let's read that also in the book of Acts, chapter 14, verse 15. The book of Acts chapter 14 verse 15 the bible says this is paul paul speaking and saying they wanted to make paul and barnabas they wanted to make them gods these were the people at uh, uh, lystra l-y-s-t-r-a when they healed uh, a man that was important in his feet the people came around and said "Ooh, this this is jupiter and mercury you know these are our gods the greek gods 
And Paul said in verse 15, what, Sirs, why do ye these things? We also are men of like passions like you. Paul says, look, guys, we're all men. We have the same passions. Yeah. It's right there. We have the same passions. Yeah, yeah. The thing that's bothering you is the same thing that's bothering me. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing that bothered James. It's the same thing that bothered Paul. It's the same thing that bothered Joseph. It's the same thing that bothered Jesus. Oh, well, let me not get ahead of myself. Look at the book of James, chapter 5, verse 17. James, chapter 5, verse 17. James says, or the Holy Ghost is saying through James, Elijah, Elias, he says, was a man subject to like passions as we. Subject to like passions. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. What are we saying? I'm saying, beloved, that men have similar passions and women. They are subject to the same challenges. They are subject to the same passions, James says. So when we say that Joseph and Samson were men of similar passions, that's what we're saying. But guess what? When Joseph was faced with his test, Genesis 39, verse 7 to 8, you know the story. It came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast his eyes upon, cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. And he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wotteth not what is with me in the house. And he has committed all that he has to my hand. Joseph refused. There's a passion. There's a young man. He has testosterone in his blood. And his master's wife says, come lie with me. He said, mm -mm. no way, Jose. No way, ma'am. No, I ain't doing that. Why? Because he didn't want to sin against God. But look at Samson's situation, Judges 16, verse 1. Then went Samson to Gaza, and he saw a hollow there, boom, and he went into her. Come on, prophet Samson. Come on, brother. Come on. Come on, prophet. Beloved, it's the same temptation that David faced, that Job faced. Mm -hmm. Look at it right there, Second Samuel 11 verse 2. Second Samuel 11 verse 2, And it came to pass in the evening time, David rose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house, and from the roof he saw a woman washing herself. And the woman was very beautiful to look at. Now, okay, he's on his roof, and he turns and sees a woman taking a bath. Um, okay, well, you see her taking a bath. I'm guessing 
A reflex should be to turn away. But brother David, uh, you should be looking away after you saw that. It was an accident. Accidents happen. But the Bible says, and the woman was very beautiful to look at. Meaning, uh, Brother David, where he looked and, oops, it wasn't oops for him. It was, oh, okay. That's where trouble started. That's where his problem started. But look at what Job, because don't forget now, all men are subject to the same passions and women. I'm not just talking about males. And I'm just not just talking about uh, sexual sin either. You know, it can be whatever. It can be you looking at your friend's big house or their pink Lamborghini, you know, whatever. Look at Job 31 verse 1. Job said, I made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid? Job said, I told my eyes. I sat my eyes and said, eyes, listen to me. Mm-hmm. Here's the deal, eyes. You don't look at that girl and you don't look at no girl. He made an agreement, made a covenant. I says, I won't do that, I promise. Okay. Not you looking on accident. Yeah, if you look on accident, you turn away because it was an accident. I'm guessing David didn't know that he had a neighbor that had an open bathroom next to his house. I don't know, beloved. I'm just saying. But it was the same temptation. But Job, by God's grace, was able to escape from his, and he even made his a covenant with himself. And it was in the Old Testament, beloved. I just want to throw that in. I'm talking to myself. I'm not talking to you on that. Judas and Peter also face the same problem. Mm-hmm. Look at book of Acts chapter 8 verse 19 and 20. Acts 8, 19 and 20. Uh, Peter and John, I believe, had gone to Samaria to go uh, assist where there was a revival going, breaking out. And when they got there, they started laying hands on the people and they started getting the Holy Ghost. And um, I think that was Philip that led that revival. Now, when they started laying hands on the people to receive the Holy Ghost, there was this uh, witch doctor that, 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 that called Simon that saw this happen and he approached Peter. This is in verse 19 now, uh, verse 18. He offered them money so that they would give him the Holy Ghost, the power, I should say, that when, they lay, when he lay hands on people, they will receive the Holy Ghost. Now, this is Peter that said, Siva, God, have I known? He was a poor fisherman. Here's time to make some money. Some Holy Ghost money. Somebody's offering you some money. 
and you give them the gift that you have. I mean, it sounds like a fair deal. I mean, you, you are not selling your gift. They are the one offering. You know, you can rationalize these things, <laughs> you know. You know, you are not hawking your gift. He came to you and said, hey, brother, uh, I just want to bless your ministry, you know, with this with these bags of money. You know, I could, uh, I'm sending it via Western Union and sending it straight to your account. Just, just, just give me that power you have. Uh, it won't diminish yours, but I too can have it. So when I lay hands on people, they receive the Holy Ghost. I mean, it, 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 it's it's just a humble request. It's not it's not a big deal. But Peter said, Acts eight verse twenty, your money perish with you, Mister Simon, because you thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Now, Peter is here being tempted with money, cold money, just money. Shouldn't he accept it? Temptation to be rich. John twelve four to six. John twelve four to six. You know about Judas. Then said one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for throwing their pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bare that, bare what was put therein. See, Judas was carrying the bag. He was the treasurer. So, he has the bag. He knows what's in the bag. If he tells what's in the bag, that's what's in the bag. Because he's the one with the bag. So he's your accountant. He's your treasurer. Your financial secretary, if you please. So if Simon also had met Peter on the side, say, hey, Pete, look, here's some gold coins. Give me this power also. I mean, who would have known? Brother Joshua, what are you saying? Uh, okay, uh, let me tell you what I'm saying. Let me let me just one more and I'll tell you what I'm saying. Adam and Jesus faced the same temptations. And Jesus, like you know, is the second Adam, 1 Corinthians 15, 45. Hebrews 4, 15 says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was, listen now, in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. So, Adam failed, Jesus passed. Adam succumbed to temptation. Jesus overcame temptation. Judas succumbed to temptation. Peter overcame temptation. David succumbed to temptation. Job overcame temptation. Samson succumbed to temptation. Joseph overcame the same temptation. Beloved, why are you focusing on the one that was overcome by the temptation? Why? 
to make you feel good? Hebrews 12 and 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down on the right hand of the throne of God. Looking unto Jesus. It didn't say look unto Adam. Looking unto Jesus. Beloved, looking unto Jesus. Beloved, look at the one that overcame the temptation that is facing you. Because if God gave them grace to overcome that temptation, beloved, the grace, same grace, is available for you and for me to overcome the same temptation so that we may walk and please God. Because it is therein that we will abound more and more. Until next time, beloved, God bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.